0: Welcome to Politics Unright. Right. To. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning to the great state of Texas. And of course, good morning to America. Good morning to the entire world. Good morning to every nook and cranny where this 100,000 watt transmitter makes its way. Thank you so kindly for being here. But before we get started, as usual, we go to the geniuses in the control room, but I heard there's only one genius there today.
1: Howard. There are no geniuses in here. Come I've, on, I've I can't find any geniuses. <laughs> well, hey folks, you know
0: the transmitters are working, so yeah, we do have geniuses, man. Anyway, what's up, man?
1: One hundred thousand watts blazing across southeast Texas. It's KPOT Houston. There we go. I love-
0: I love that. I love that. I love that. And you, you know who else loves that? Our exactly. special guest today, Bill Ooh. Birch. Who, who is Bill Birch? Look, this is a guy that in the long run is going to clean up Texas, man, because he is going to be, we believe, the likely the railroad, the Texas Railroad Commission com- Commissioner. And a lot of people don't know what that does. But first of all, let's go ahead and bring Brother Bill Virgin, Bill, how you doing this morning? Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing fine. Now, I, you know, people hear the word "rail," But wait, let me stop for a second, folks. Yes, we are still in fun drive. And we told you we we're going to bring you a lot of knowledge to eat, even as we pitch. So please make sure to call us at 713-526-5738 extension number one, and support the program. Remember, a coffee a month, you don't feel it, but we do. Five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, and you really make sure that we can do things like what we're doing today, having Bill Birch on, who is, this is one of the most important statewide uh, opportunities, statewide uh So anyway, Bill, tell us a little bit about uh, what the Railroad Commissioner does and why you decide to run for this position.
2: The Railroad Commission is the agency that let's first and foremost start off with. It has nothing to do with railroads. This is the agency that really manages our oil and gas industry. And that's why it is one of the most important conversations. It's an executive position in the state of Texas. And typically, you know, in most of the races, most of the years, when it comes up on the ballot, it comes up at like number six, number seven, and uh, even number eight sometimes. And honestly, people kind of got fatigued and they're like, all right, what is this race? What is this about? What what do they want some engineer to run as a training commissioner for the state of Texas? Well, <clears throat> this year, because of the presidential cycle, we this race is number four on your ballot all across all 254 counties. And again, it's an executive position. It manages our oil and gas economy of 8% of our GDP, 2.2 plus million jobs, our environmental regulations, and also 330,000 miles of installed pipelines that move energy throughout the state of Texas. This is an incredibly huge uh, opportunity to truly, truly change the future of Texas because again, this agency has literally... What is Texas? Texas is energy. Texas is oil. I mean, even our license plate, have got a derrick on it, right? So when you really look, really look at what the agency is responsible for, this is really about what the future of Texas and our economy is.
0: Well, uh, and you just said it. The, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, uh, Texas still has a, a strong oil economy. And the, what one would ask is that in, in an economy that still has some dependency on oil, that it is done the right way. It's not going to disappear. Today, it's not going to disappear tomorrow. So therefore, it must be managed in a manner that is consistent environment, uh, consistent environmentally, fiscally, et cetera. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what are your, in, your current environmental concerns with what's occurring and, and what needs to be done? Thank you. And that's exactly why I'm running. So I'm an oil well firefighter.
2: I've been in the oil and gas business for 23 years. I've worked in over 60 plus countries. And I was one of the people that was involved with the Deepwater Horizon, bringing the end to the worst oil spill in the U.S. Gulf of Mexico's history. And I can tell you that when I got called out to the Antina Cattle Company Ranch in Monahans, Texas, which is just a little bit west of Odessa two two summers ago in June of 2021, I couldn't believe what I physically saw on the ground. These old plugged wells that were plugged in the 1970s, 1980s, 2000s uh, were were failed and were actually flowing this toxic radioactive isotope produced water at surface into the groundwater. And I was recalled out to the first one, the Estes 24, uh, which was an old Gulf oil heritage well that was plugged 1995 it had blown back out and had failed through the cement plugs and corroded through the casing and was flowing into the groundwater uh i i was truly flabbergasted to, to witness the state of affairs of what was occurring in crane county ward county and further after i've looked into this problem more it's further south even into reeves county and pecos county so literally there are four counties in west texas that are under this massive whatever's happening in the subsurface we've we don't have enough information right now at the moment to know exactly what's the causation and what are the pathways, but something is happening in the subsurface out there due to our saltwater disposal from the oil and gas waste management side that is causing massive contamination to our groundwater. So, fast forward a little bit to June of twenty—I'm sorry—to January of 2022. Suddenly, about two miles south of the Antina Cattle Company Ranch, out in the middle of a farmer's field. Uh, A well blows out, a well that doesn't even exist in the records, puts a column of this toxic radioactive produced water 150 feet in the air. Are you talking about just shooting out straight up into the air? Straight up out of the ground. Yep. Blew out on its own January 1st morning of of January 22. Uh, It's called the Crane County Geyser. You can do a Google search and take a look at some of the great photos and images. Uh, nobody knew it existed. Uh, the records are still not un- are not clear as to if that's the well record we think we found. We're not sure if it's truly correct or not, but we think that's the well. Uh, and uh, that flowed for almost six weeks until it was under control. Uh, and that well was not killable. It was a case where we capped it, and we were able to get the flow to stop, but we were unable to stop the source of the flow.
0: And then, wait, wait, wait. What, what now, does that? What does that mean? You were you stopped the geyser from occurring. Which means you plug that particular hole. But when you say that's. Right. Now, when you say it's flowing, are you saying it's seeping through the the porous rock or something? Yes, sir. It's still flowing in the subsurface. We are
2: unable to, at this point, find any technology that can actually stop the subsurface flow. The pressure regimes that have been created in this area are so extreme that literally we have no
0: technology to stop these scenarios. This is the reality of what we're truly dealing with in West Texas. I, again, I, I, I think this is important because right now where there's a whole lot of fracking occurring, all that that fluid has to get disposed of. That fluid is te- toxic in that some, you said it has some radioactive isotopes, et cetera. And what, the way we've been disposing it is we've been drilling wells, put in these under pressure. And I think the last time we spoke, you said the pressure point was making sure it's below the breaking point of the rock under which it is placed. What That's you're correct. telling me is that there are there may be fractures that are starting to occur given the high pressure that these things are placed under. Isn't that something that should have been foreseeable? It was foreseen. And what,
2: what's the most amazing part to me is that when you go back and look at the University of Texas geophysics studies and SMU's uh, seismic studies, they've shown the direct increase in seismic activity since the disposal started in 2009. And we are sitting here in 2024 now with three of the five biggest earthquakes that have ever occurred in West Texas' history that have occurred in the last 18 months. And the Rail Commission is like, well, maybe there's something wrong. The reality is that there's literally 2,200 earthquakes a year in Reeves County alone, and that number is still growing. The, the fact that this rock is breaking and it's creating these pathways, and again, I, I'm not a geophysicist, so I'm not going to try to you know try to come up with theories, and I'll let the future PhD students get their theses on this uh, subject of mechanisms. But something is happening in the subsurface from our saltwater disposal wells. We don't quite know the pathways. We don't quite know how many wells are involved, how big the aerial extent is. But what we do know is that there's over 150 wells in this region that are currently failed flowing at surface today that are in a state of crossflow flowing into our groundwater. And that is a fact. And what amazes me is that when we had the December 7th approach, which was a blowout that uh, if you saw it maybe in the Houston Chronicle, there was the well that was about 400 yards to the east of what we called the Crane County geyser. This well 400 yards to its east is a ghost well, again, another record that doesn't exist in the Texas River Commission's database, flowed from 600 feet all the way to surface on its own. Now, to To wow. put this in perspective for people outside the industry. We've never in the industry's history seen a scenario where a well broached on its own without direct causation or human interaction of some mistake that caused the broach. This broached on its own. And that is truly outstanding in terms of the mechanism of whatever is in the underlying driving force, which means it came through three different groundwater layers in order to get to surface and flow. So when we flew the drone over top of it and we got the drone footage, of course, the te- what did the Texas Rail Commission do? Instead of acknowledging and trying to address the problem, they called the FAA and filed a no-fly zone. So this is the reality in which we're dealing with is an agency that uh, legitimately is trying to cover public release of information and is intentionally trying to downplay the severity of the risk of what's occurring in West Texas to ranchers and farmers. Look, if you've ever spent any time in West Texas at all, if you don't have groundwater, You don't have the ability to run cattle. You surely don't have any ability to irrigate. And you really can't live. The the reality of having fresh, clean water in West Texas is mission critical for the ability to sustain life in West Texas.
0: Now, uh, you gave me a few weeks ago a number that was hard to believe, the amount of wells that have been drilled in Texas. How many are they? There's at least 1.2 million records that
2: we know of. And there's another two, three, four hundred thousand wells that were drilled. We don't have a clue where they are. Either the records are lost, the records were incomplete, the records were... There was a fire at one point, as I understand, sometime in the late 50s, early 1960s in Austin. The Railroad Commission lost records during a a fire, unfortunately. Uh, My best guess is probably a quarter million wells or more that we don't have a clue where they are in the state of Texas.
0: And each of these are potential and all of these have the potential of flowing into groundwater, which means Mm -hmm. scattered throughout Texas, we could be running into a groundwater debacle. For sure. We already are.
2: It's already happening in the state. And it's 253 of 254 counties. There's only one county in the state of Texas. That doesn't have oil and gas right. wells drilled that we have a record for, and that's El Paso. So, you know, if you ever need a good bar trivia question, there you go. Uh, but realistically, in Harris County, a lot of folks say, well, this is a West Texas problem. Why should I care? It's not relevant to me. Well, go back in the city of Houston's history just a little bit and realize that at the turn of the century, we drilled all over Harris County. Uh, there are 15,500 oil and gas wells drilled in Harris County of
0: Houston well, has oil and well, gas wells. L- let, me t- let me tell you. Uh, uh, this was shocking because I knew I had you scheduled on and I was going to ask you about this. I was driving through on 529 I think it was or 528 I don't remember which highway and there's a subdivision that's built up and there's a hole within that subdivision where there is an oil well and it is mm-hmm. you know the and, and it is pump still working. Yep. and I'm sitting down, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" In the middle of a subdivision here in Texas, there is an oil well in Cypress. Uh, yes, sir. I couldn't believe it. You know, remember Tom Ball was named for Mr.
2: Ball, who was part of the railroad industry, who was moving oil on the rail cars from Tom Ball. Like, people uh, forget the fact of the city's history. And one of the things in particular is that you, you got to remember in Harris County, there's only 300 active wells left. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are most of them are gas storage there's a few active pumpers still, but but not terribly a lot of active wells. We have fifteen thousand two hundred oil and gas wells that were drilled that are plugged in Harris County currently that I can guarantee you are not plugged any better than what they were in West Texas Now. The only difference is they don't have the external force that has been applied from the saltwater disposal yet. right, but the fact is they're not plugged adequately, and these are long term risks. Remember, I tell folks in the campaign trail we drilled holes through rock that is millions of years old and remove barriers in order to access the resource. These are holes in the ground. They're going to be there 10,000 years from now because in geological time, that is a blip. Right. The reality is that 10,000 years from now, these holes are still going to be there in the ground, except our casing is going to be failed and our cement is going to failed long before that. So we're going to have to constantly monitor, manage and maintain these wells for millennium. And these wells were designed for 25 years life cycle. That was it. That was all they were designed for.
0: That is amazing. I tell you what, we need to do some pitching. So what I'm going to ask you uh, to hold a minute, because and the next topic I want to cover is you driving through uh, uh, the state and just haphazardly, you saw a meter that was in trouble. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But folks, please. Uh, first of all, I want to thank, uh, uh, this was, I think, for the previous show, James Uh, James, thank you so kindly for your contribution. Uh, Came in at 5.58, two minutes before our show started. Thank you for that contribution. Please give us a call at 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738, extension number one to support the program. Folks, we cannot do this without you. We cannot bring you the type. Let me ask you something. We have Bill Birch on this morning. He's talking about a serious issue in detail that's affecting Harris County, Texas, the entire state. And guess what? For all our listeners out of state, this is something that you have to look into. If you're in Oklahoma, if you're in Alabama, if you are in California, all these places have wells. And did you know the subject? Did you know what uh, Bill is talking about, how it affects your neighborhood? the places that you're going to buy it, the groundwater that you're going to drink. We are here to give you real content that is meaningful to your existence here in Texas or in a part of the United States. So we want to ask you so kindly to give us a call at 713-526-5738, extension number one to provide support, extension number two to be on air, And ask any questions or tell us whatever you want to tell us, uh, uh, hopefully relevant to the subject or not. But 713-526-573, extension number one. We have a lot of offers, right? The Politics Done Right t-shirt. The Politics Done Right t-shirt, folks, is $100. You don't have to do it all at once, but it makes sense. Uh, We also have five uh, that we are looking to get sustainers that is what's going to keep these fund drives at a shorter spell. $5 a month is is a coffee a month. It goes a distance. $10 a month, it goes a distance and let's throw it to the studio and see if they can help us out here to say give us a call for this reason.
1: Hey, studio. You know, Egbert, I'm sitting here looking at the donors list and we yes. go well beyond Houston. We go well beyond Kingwood and Spring. Yes. Someone donated Terry Donated in Silver City, New Mexico. Yes, Ukraine, Oklahoma with Chester, Hong, and Westminster, Colorado. See, it's not just us. It's not just the radio station and the transmitter. The transmitter, of course, is very important because it covers all the way to Louisiana. Right but on the folks are listening in. They're donating, so that should uh, prompt someone to do their part and donate to politics done right. Because. Egberto does not want to end up with a zero. No. Bringing you a, If effect. I'm sitting here listening to your fascinating guests and thinking, man, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no. And so we got to do something about this.
0: Um, Bill, look, I'm an engineer. Bill is an engineer. But let me tell you, when Bill started to tell me about this stuff, it... I, To put it bluntly, when he spoke about the failing wells and notice the well that he talked about uh, uh, that that just started the geyser, for me, that was like panic time. You know, it is panic time. And when he says, I don't you know, we capped the well, but it's still flowing and we don't know its origin. That's dangerous, man. You know, and that is something that should raise a lot of alarms. And the average Texan, the average American citizen who this condition probably occurs throughout the country, I mean, yeah, don't know about this. And that's why these types of programs are so important. So, folks, before we continue with Bill here, please give us a call at 713 526 Five seven three eight extension number one. Let's go to the general manager, Sandy. Come on in, Sandy.
3: Uh, That would still be interim, even though it's the next to last day here uh, of our February fund drive. I remain on an interim basis as general manager, Egberto. Just getting (laughs) the definitions all correct here on Wednesday. Hey, folks, Sandy. Thanks, everybody, for Stepping up, we've had 831 distinct donations, including James just before this program started this morning, got us off the schneid for this Wednesday, the final Wednesday of the Winter Fund Drive, and we thank you so much for doing so. We stand at $133,275 from those 831 distinct donations. Our overall goal is 150000 and while there's a little lanyap at the end here that we're expecting, we still are about, oh, a good eight, $9,000 away from realistically being able to get near our goal. We have two days to get there. We begin now. Actually, James began before your show, Egberto, but we begin now on this show, looking for that first person to call in. You have today and tomorrow to support Politics Done Right, the premier 6 a.m. broadcast every morning on KPFT, discussing the issues of the day surrounding God knows what with these politicians and how they're proceeding and taking us down these rabbit holes. And there is Egberto shining a light each morning at 6 six a.m. so that you can see a little bit better in the dark, see a little bit better on the road ahead. as you're proceeding with your mornings, I urge you, I implore you, I ask you, dial 713-526-5738 and put down a few bucks on this program and on KPFT. It's essential we hit our goal or at least get super near it as what we're asking for is money just to pay the bills. And the bills are such that they're not for a staff, they're not for a payroll. As KPFT used to have, we have one full-time employee. Everything else has been pared back. So when we're asking, we're just asking to keep the lights on and keep Egberto on every morning at six. Egberto, hey, how are you today? Now that I've finished that little rant.
0: <laughs> I am doing great. I'm just happy that uh, Bill Birch came out today to uh, talk, you know, about this particular issue. But, you know, I want to remind folks as well that I don't get paid. You don't get paid. And and the, so your money is very well spent to make sure that all of it goes towards we uh, us being able to bring this to you. So give us a call at 713-526-5738, extension number one. Right now, I'm still at a big zero, a big donut, but we know that you're going to come through. And make sure that we can raise that $400 that we need to raise for this particular hour. You can do it. You can do it. We're going to get back to Bill Birch in a minute. But I want to make sure that you uh, have one other piece of information. Remember, coffee with Egberto. And that is a $250 contribution. I will drive any part of Metropolitan Houston. Hey, look, I'm not going to drive to San Antonio or that kind of stuff. But any part of metropolitan Houston and we'll sit down and have some coffee and we'll have a great conversation that's promise I've already have either, uh, two of them that are scheduled and you know we want to get as many of those in come on folks 713 526 5738 extension number 1 hey 250 and we got some coffee hey but for those of you who want to say you know I just want to do a little that I don't feel $5 a month $5 a month is a $60 a year contribution, you don't feel giving us a coffee a month. You don't feel that. I promise you, you don't feel that. $10 a month, two coffees a month for for having a great great radio station that you have, that you own, a station that you can call in and make whatever notion you need to make, you, your platform. You see people call in here from the right, from the left, from the middle, the anarchists, anybody calls here. And we talk to everybody we make sure everybody has their say and their platform 713-526-5738 extension one for those of you that are tired of hearing us pitch let's finish the job remember after thursday it's full show baby but let's get back to wait let me see first you want to add anything before i jump back to bill uh, sandy Uh, i guess sandy went for his coffee so let's get back to bill hey bill uh, recently, and folks, we're here with Bill Birch, who is running for railroad commission, uh, commissioner on, uh, on the Democratic ticket right now. And, uh, he has been driving around Texas. I am very impressed for all the places that he's told me he's been. But there's one story, Bill, that you told me about that, that gave me a nightmare that day. When you said you were driving along the road, And you happen to see this meter out and you looked at it and it was in near fail state. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what people can look for as they are moving around in campgrounds or whatever where some of these things would be?
2: Yeah, so that was the case when I was driving up US 59. I was just outside of uh, a little bit north of Cleveland, Texas, around Cold Spring area. And I wanted to show an example of what an abandoned oil and gas well looks like. For people who really don't know what the locations look like, and there's a place on the east side of 59, just a little bit north of Shepherd, that has got a kind of a tank laying over on its side. So uh, I decided to walk up, and the dogs had to go to the bathroom anyway. So I figured, all right, why not? Let's shoot a TikTok video. So uh, I go rolling up, and sure enough, there's the old old oil and gas well and gas well in this track, um, sitting over a little bit further away from the location. And it's all overgrown with weeds, and I walk up to it. And uh, sure enough, there's 800 PSI on the surface gauge. And what does that mean? So uh, that actually would indicate a a very high pressure, severe risk on a well that's over 50 years old, on a well that is sitting there idle with no operator and no oversight by the Texas Rail Commission. And in my professional opinion, that well is probably flowing in the subsurface. Uh, already in East Texas. And 800 PSI. So I certainly hope that the pressure gauge is broken and that the uh, the number is incorrect, which of course, it always could be a scenario that exists. We have to double check the actual pressure with a new gauge. But the reality of this scenarios and the states of where we are in the, in the oil and gas industry across the state is proof of putting that the conditions in the oil field are not acceptable. This is right next to a major thoroughfare highway. This is a well that has got potential burst risk. Again, a fifty year old piece of casing that is in the ground that has got a severe risk of high pressure. At least fifty percent of its burst rating of on pressure right now is on that current piece of casing. And again, would I trust something that's fifty years old to put fifty percent of its maximum yield against it? No. like this is not a scenario in which the oil and gas industry is prepared to deal with in these old these old wells. And this is the state of affairs. And the Railroad Commission is not responding and not adequately taking care of and managing and monitoring and maintaining the fleet and inventory of wells that we have in the state of Texas. And I'm not blaming the Railroad Commissioner, uh, the the inspectors for this, because again, there's only 186 inspectors that have to manage 400 plus drilling rigs. They have to manage 1.2 million plus wells, 400,000, which are currently in active status and the rest are plugged. Uh, And 330,000 miles of pipeline. There's no way physically possible
0: 186 people can cover 254 miles. I think, uh, first of all, Bill, let me just push back a bit. I think you're being too kind. Uh, Bluntly, I think you're being too kind. (laughs) uh there there must be blame going around we are a state that pushes energy pushes energy we're a state that talk drill baby drill baby drill all those things are what our current leadership push i'm not gonna go into the mechanics of drill baby drill or anything of that but i am going to say uh if you're gonna drill do it responsibly if you're gonna if you're gonna have a a commission do it responsibly and that's not what they've done. Uh, You talked about case. First of all, tell people why wells need casings and and, and what that really is so they understand the severity of what. When you talk about a one point, by the way, the 1.2 million wells, are they all case hole wells or some of them are just open hole? So they are all case holes. All right. Uh, Why don't you explain what that means? Well, so first, when we drill a well, the first and foremost responsibility
2: is to cover the fresh water. So the very first string of casing, we, which is usually a large diameter steel pipe, so something in maybe your order of 9 and 5 eighths or 13 and 3 eighths inches. Uh, we will install it in the ground, sometimes it's 20 inches. It's even bigger, uh, depending on how deep we're going. Uh, and we'll cement that back to surface, so that that way there is protection of the groundwater, and then there's a steel barrier that also prevents any oil and gas from getting into the groundwater at the intervals where the groundwater layers are. So in, in other words, you have,
0: you have cement... And that covers a, a a steel casing of some diameter, correct? And okay.
2: typically, because they're very low pressure, we don't expect to see high pressure load on the groundwater side. Typically, the casing is relatively low grade. So we don't typically run a very high tensile yield or a very high, a very expensive exotic material for surface casing because, again, why would there be the scenario realistically that you should ever see cross flow or see high pressures involved? Exactly, right? Because there's not supposed to be. So right. the reality is that the regular design load of most of these old casings in the wells we've drilled is just simply to isolate the groundwater from any hydrocarbon that's coming up to risk. this flow, right? Correct. Now, the deeper strings, the intermediate string, the, the the next section we drill, or the production string, which actually goes into the high-pressure reservoir. Now, those are usually a lot higher-pressure strings. They're obviously a little bit smaller because they have to fit inside. Think of it like concentric, concentric right. pipes. So one pipe has to fit inside the other pipe, which has to fit inside of another pipe. So the steel that we run on those has a tendency to be much thicker, higher pressure. And again, sometimes wells will have four, five, six strings of pipe in them. Depending on how deep you're drilling and how far you're and what kind of pressure regimes you have, so we isolate in zones as we drill. Depending on where the pressure gets to a certain point, where the, we know that the pipe can't handle it, and then we'll set the string of pipe, we'll cement that in place, and then we'll
0: drill the next section. So, are you cemented if you're if you have a well that's two thousand feet deep? Is that case and cemented all down that two two hundred fifty feet? No.
2: So what happens is, well, in the case of like something surface, uh, a shallow well, like let's say, for example, 2,000 foot deep, we'll set the surface pipe, let's say nine and five eighths. We'll cement that back to surface. So we'll set that maybe 200 foot deep mm-hmm. and we will cement that all the way back to surface. And then we'll drill from 200 feet to 2,000 feet potentially in one run. And that will be one string of pipe. But we won't bring that set of cement all the way back to surface. We'll only cement maybe the bottom four or five, 600 feet of it. So think of it almost like you're tacking mm-hmm. you're tacking that capacity of that steel pipe at the bottom and again usually that's more than adequate once you produce it and you manage it that's usually adequate and then when you go to plug and abandonment long term the whole thing that is plugged. Strip. yeah you'll plug that whole thing out and you're and you walk away from it so in principle the, the design is correct but the reality is that a We didn't always get good bonding. We didn't get good cement jobs when we did a lot of these. And B, we've changed the subsurface conditions. These wells that were drilled 50, 60, 70 years ago, never anticipated seeing these pressure regimes that we're now, we're, mm-hmm. we've now artificially created
0: with the saltwater. Exactly. Equipment. Because the pressure is greater than what it was at the time that you drill. Now, when it comes to I'm coming to you, Joe, a uh, uh, very important question Joe has for you, Bill. But before uh, I get to Joe, I want to remind folks to give us a call. By the way, I want to thank Sherry and Vidar. Thank you so kindly for your contribution. Uh, we are now just about uh, yeah, about $350 from our goal. Actually, I would like to say about $500 from our goal because of the <coughs> shortcoming that we had yesterday. So please give us a call at 713 526 5738. Again, that number is 713 526 5738. Extension number one to contribute. Please remember, five bucks a month, $10 a month. You don't feel it, but we do. It really helps us. Uh, get where we need to get. Let's go ahead and get Joe into the conversation. Joe, come on in and ask your question for Bill.
4: Thank you for being here, brother hey, Joe. You got it, man. Hey, hey, um, uh, Bill. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a a midstream, downstream guy, and and um, um, but but you know what you're talking about is, is I've heard about it. Um, you know, so what you're saying is that is that um, you know the, the hydraulic injections are causing an unintended consequences, rising in pressure of these legacy abandoned wells. Is that is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, sir. And that is exactly it. The unfortunate scenario we are in today is that the legacy wells weren't plugged correctly. The saltwater disposal that has occurred has doubled in some cases the pore pressure of the deeper intervals. And that, that is now causing exacerbation of both the cement failures and also the corrosion on the, uh, casing strings. And it's, it's happening all across the state of Texas. We have in East Texas, South Texas and West Texas.
4: Did I understand Egberto to say you're running for railroad commissioner?
2: Yes, sir. I'm the democratic candidate for the Texas. Yes, sir.
4: Hey man, anybody, but George P. Um, but, um, um, another another question. that so, so you found this on 59 North, but my understanding is out in West Texas, there are lots and lots of legacy um, wells that really, I mean, you need, it seems to me that, that your priority might be, you know, uh, uh, get enlisting some help of some like forensic accounting people to track down who really ultimately is responsible for improper uh, um, um, plugging and abandonment procedures, right? Is that is that something y'all do in the Railroad Commission?
2: Yeah. So first and foremost, the West Texas problems are significantly worse than the East Texas problems. and But I wouldn't rule out South Texas. So South Texas is somewhat of a sleeping giant because remember, back in the 1920s and 30s, there were a lot of wells drilled around Corpus Christi. And in the coastline areas that are well into a state of uh, failure and uh, corrosion and uh, dilapidation at this point. I mean, there's simply, you know, 70, 80, 90 year old wells now in the ground. Uh, the biggest thing in West Texas is that that's where the vast majority of the saltwater disposal issues are occurring across the state of Texas. And that's why we're seeing it be the epicenter, not only from the earthquake side, but also from these what we're calling zombie wells, these old dead plug wells that are now back alive and flowing. Um, hence kind of the zombie moniker. Um, the The issue that we're really having is that it's not so much knowing where, I mean, yes, there are wells, we don't know where the records are and we do have issues. I would say that the probably the bigger issue is the fact that over the last 40, 50 years, the Texas Railroad Commission has failed to witness and validate and verify the plugging jobs that have been done on the wells and have assumed that the operators are doing it Right. And like I say to folks on the campaign trail, self-regulation doesn't work. Jump on the highway, do 150 miles an hour, go call your local sheriff and turn yourself in for speeding and let me know what the sheriff says and let me know when it really happens. <laughs> it doesn't work. And the well, reality of assuming that people always do the right thing based on some some principle of integrity is a false assumption on us as a regulator and the industry. We know that people have not done the correct thing. We know they have lied and they have not. they have not had the best intents on plugging some of these wells. Because again, when you plug a well, there's no return on your investment. This is a pure cost play to exit the field and exit the well. So you want to do this as cheaply and quickly as possible. And the reality is that what's failed in the industry's mentality over the last 50 years is the fact that nobody wanted to address the fact that these are going to be potential problems that are going to resurface over the next century. And we have to change our design mentality to think, okay, I have a 25 year production life cycle and this project's in active play for 25 years, but what does it look like sitting in the ground for the next century? Just sitting there idle Do have, we uh, done everything we need to do gotta, to make sure it's isolated. Go ahead, Joe. I got,
4: I got to push back a little bit. I got to push back right here because you know, I, I work, I work for big oil and I, and I talk to people from the Texas railroad commission every year as I'm getting audited. Um, um, for various things. Right. And, and, you know, I am on the, I'm an environmental steward for, for, for all of us, right. I am on the front lines of, 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 of guarding against environmental damage. Right. And so is every, every single person I work with is the same exact way. And we work for, uh, we work for a big, a big company, right. That, um, but, but I got to push back and say, you know, people don't do the right thing because, um, my, me and our corporate way is to absolutely do the right thing, uh, no matter what. Everything you do, you should do as if it's going to be on the front page of the newspaper. Everything, and and we walk the walk, dude. Seriously, um, and and you know by by being by being good um, stewards of the environment, it. And you know I get I get aud- we get audited with no findings all the time, and you know what that to me that seems to do. Is all that does is increase regulatory interest, right? Because because we're, we we do we you know we do everything right, the the um, uh, agencies push and push and push and, and waste more and, and honestly it is at this point it's wasting our time, you know because we, we do try to do everything right. You know I can't Le- speak to fifty
0: years uh, ago. Joe, can I push back a bit, Joe? Let me let me interject here because I think this is so important. That we need to make sure and get it. I don't have any doubt, let's say, from your company, your big company that's doing the right thing. In fact, a a, a good oilman friend in Kingwood here came to me and he watches a program and sometimes he pushes back and he said, Egberto, we are we agree with you, but. But it's the little guys that don't do the job, whatever. Let, let's assume that, that it's correct. And, and Bill is shaking his head when I when he says, you know, the little drillers that, that cut corners or whatever, because the big guys cut corners, they're going to be penalized. But here's the reality. I think Bill gave the perfect example. You are dr- After you've driven down a highway at 150 miles an hour, do you go to the sheriff and said, I done sinned? Uh, please go ahead and fine me for having sinned or for having gone too fast? The answer is no. Likewise, if you look at the evidence, what you're saying is perfect, Joe, what your company is doing. But what Bill is talking about is throughout the state with zombie wells leaching into our groundwater. And look, once you've contaminated groundwater, it's terminado. It's over. Because, again, there's nobody that's going to dig up all the shale around that or the porous rock, get it out of there, clean that. I mean, it's impossible to actually do that. And what we're saying is there are a lot of failed wells out there, geysers occurring because of the saltwater pressure, cracking the subsurface rocks. All of that is not a, it's not a speculation. It's what's happening so uh it it doesn't matter that your company is doing very well or doing its job what matters is there are a hell of a lot of wells out there that didn't follow what you just stated and we are living through that reality and I think you must agree with that correct Joe
4: Yeah I do agree with that um but and and, and you know that we need to find a way to 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 remediate all of these all of these old sites and keep it from happening in the future but, but without unnecessary burden, like on on
0: hey, current operations. I look, right, I look, I, um, look. You, I, I agree, Joe. I got to go to the other caller, but let me just tell you first of all, we agree that we d- never want excessive regulations. I'm with you. I'm with you. But also, we do need the regulations to ensure that what has failed thus far doesn't happen again. And I think you have to agree with that.
4: Yeah, I just don't want to. I, I had to push back when, when I don't want us to all be painted with the same brush. But thank you. No, very no, no, much. you're not. Oh, oh, no, 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 no.
0: Joe, you're not. We never do. We never do. Good operators. Like you said, you're a good operator. Kudos to you, brother. But we got to go to the other call, Joe. And thank you so kindly for calling in. All right.
4: You're welcome. Have a good one, Egberto. Thank
0: you. You too. You too, my brother. Folks, give us a call. 713 I'm coming to you next, Joni. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Extension 1 to contribute. We only have one contribution. We still have about $500 to go to make up for yesterday as well, folks. 713-526-5738. Extension 1. Remember, five bucks a month. It's a good deal. Joni, I'm coming to you, but I want to see if Sandy wants to say anything before I, um, before I go any further. Sandy, are you there?
3: I am, Magberto. Thank you very much. Uh, as always, as we've been doing throughout this entire February drive, we're looking for sustainers. If you can put in $5 or $10 a month and just leave that open, that is until you say no more, you can always cancel. You become a sustainer. Your pledge first will be matched with a $50 bill. That's right. You put in five bucks a month, $60 a year. It's going to be matched with a $50 bill. You put in $10 a month, $120 donation to KPFT. It will be matched with a $10 bill. $10 a month will get you the Caroline coffee combo, the pound of Caroline coffee. Uh, KPFT blended Colombian Supremo beans from Lola Savannah and a Caroline Studio coffee mug with it, $120 donation. The match on the sustainers, the money that drips in every month makes a big difference and will lead to shorter fund drives, even the elimination of a whole fund drive when we hit the tipping point of 50% of KPFT's monthly needs. And we're building toward it, and your contribution today could help to uh, accelerate the shortening of fund drives, the shortening of asking you for money as we're doing right now. Please call 713 526 5738 Option 1 or KPFT.org, and join in with the 231 members that have made sustaining pledges this drive. That includes the group that we started with that powered us to a uh, head start of over $19,000 on this drive. You see the power of it, and as it builds, hey, if the money's in the bank, we don't need to ask for it, and that's good for it everyone's ears and everyone's minds. 713-526-5738. Egberto, fascinating conversation this morning. Essential conversation. I, too, was in environmental, in uh, the energy uh, industry, and it's a pig out there, folks, and this is good stuff. Take it, Egberto, and please don't leave everybody hanging. Make that call and contribute. It's today and tomorrow, and then it's over. Thanks, Egberto.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Anyway, Joni's on the line. Come on in, Joni. How are you doing this morning, my sister?
4: Good morning,
3: Egberto. Um, once again, maybe showing a little bit of limited understanding of things, but um, just about the issue of, of fiduciary responsibility for corporations, can they be, if they think too far into the future so that it hurts uh, a profit margin within a certain limited amount, within a time frame? Um, the fiscal year, couldn't they be sued? Uh, corporations be sued by their shareholders for thinking too far into the future and taking these um, precautions, spending too much money, and therefore cutting into the shareholders' bottom line.
4: Can they be sued for that?
0: Let's go to bill for that. I know I, I let me let me qualify that question a bit because I think what you're saying is uh if 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 companies take too much responsibility to make sure things don't happen. Can the shareholders say, well, you don't really need to do that. You're messing with our profits, so uh, you don't need that. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, get Bill to answer that.
4: Okay, I'm going to let you go. So
2: that's a,
0: thank you, Joni. Well, thank
2: you, Joni. That's a great question. And I, I am going to take a little bit different spin on that in that do corporations take enough responsibility to truly prevent accidents, injuries, and incidents, which actually cost the, injury, cost the industry more than actually doing it right in the first place? This was the whole principle of the safety culture that was developed post Piper Alpha uh, in 1990. That was the realization that it's actually cheaper to do it right the first time and prevent injuries, accidents, and failures than it is to pay for litigation and the legal department to constantly have to manage lawsuits and manage the outcomes and the payouts for fatalities and environmental disasters. The, ind- the industry still has this mentality that profit exceeds social governance and social responsibility in the environments in which we work. And that is still an overarching principle that the Railroad Commission is helping also to propagate throughout the state of Texas, that profit matters more than health, safety and environment. And they proved that with Winter Storm Uri. You know, go back to Winter Storm Uri and who was the agency that took the failure? Was it the Texas Railroad Commission or was it ERCOT? It was ERCOT. Mm-hmm. That shows you the power of the Texas Railroad Commission. The Texas Railroad Commission was fundamentally responsible for winterizing and confirming the winterization of our gas infrastructure and critical infrastructure, as pointed out by the federal government in 2011 after the, the winter storm hit Dallas, Texas. And when the federal government told the Railroad Commission it is in Texas's best interest to make sure that the the critical gas infrastructure is winterized, the Railroad Commission said, no, it'll take too much profit away from our gas producers. That's a fact. And the reality is that 10 years later, we had the winter storm URI. We had $3.5 billion of bonds that was passed to the taxpayers because the Railroad Commission failed to winterize the main gas line. There was a ton of money made in the short squeeze that occurred that is also part of the reason for the bond. And it, where's what, 200 plus people dead from the reality of mm-hmm. lack of winterization? And, and I tell folks in the, in the campaign trail, it's not even the 200 people dead or the $3.5 billion bond. You know where it affected every single Texan? It was in your homeowner's insurance because mm-hmm. the insurance industry paid out $100 billion for water damage due to the power being out that caused the water lines to break and fail. And that is why you're seeing this massive increase in the state of Texas for your homeowner's insurance, which, again, every single Texan is paying for because of the Texas Railroad Commission's inability to manage the winterization of the gas lines. Now, so I'm going to say, sir, so, you
0: know, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Please go ahead. Please finish.
2: I, I was going to say, in the overall essence of corporate responsibility, the more you do in prevention and the more you do to make sure you don't end up in litigation, The cheaper it is in the long term, the more profits you will make in terms of being it right. And the super majors all know this from a philosophical point of view. And it's the vast majority of the smaller independent operators who are looking to, like we used to joke, some of the corporate models were leave no corner uncut. The reality is that if you operate in that mentality of cutting every single corner to make an extra dime and quarter, at some point you're going to spend dollars or hundreds of dollars. To be able to sort out your litigation mistakes.
0: It's not in your best interest long term. Uh, uh, Mike, I'm coming to you in a minute. Not yet, but I want to do a quick pitch and then I want to answer something to Bill. uh, Bill Birch, who is running for railroad commission. Uh, This is a type of intelligence that all, all Texans need to be able to hear. And make the right decisions but folks please give us a call we only have one contributor we're still down like i said 500 bucks to cover for yesterday as well 713-526-5738 extension number one 713-526-5738 extension number one please be sure to select uh, Politics and, uh, Right as the program that you're supporting, 713 526 5738, extension number one. Hey, a $5 contribution, a coffee a month, which you don't feel goes a long way at KPFT. A $10 contribution goes a long way at KPFT. A $20 contribution goes a long way. Please support what we do. As you can see, what we present here are things that you don't get anywhere. Now, Bill, Uh, And I'm coming to you, Mike, but I need to address this because Bill is very nice. Bill is very (laughs) methodical in the way he speaks. And I'll be frank. Sometimes this drives me crazy. Bill comes out and he tells us a truth. Uh, It wasn't the windmills or the solar panels that caused the freeze out, as our governor lied to you about. Our governor looked in your eyes. And our governor lied to you. Our industry was told our in, in fact, the, a lot of the windmills saved our butts. Our industry was told to weatherize the pipes. What failed us during the, uh, during the winter, that winter that, that winter was that they froze up and the gas turbines went down. That is what caused it. Your governor, look at your, ins- your home insurance rates right now. That should be directly on the back of your governor and what they did not do and made the railroad commissions do. Bill is not going to tell you that. Bill is running for something here. And he's being as kind and as nice. He wants to do what's right. But that is what happened, folks. You were lied to and it's coming out of your pocketbook. Notice my a Caribbean phrase that we used to use. It was called uh, a pay, uh, it was called lazy man work twice, which means if you don't do things up front, you're going to do it again. In the case of our pipelines, the leaks are causing big problems. Bill was too nice. They lied to you and it's costing you. Let's go to Mike. Come on in, Mike.
4: Come on, how you doing?
0: I'm doing fine. Talk to me, my friend. And then we are going to Bowie,
4: Melissa. I'm in, I'm in full support of bill. I'm in the transportation industry. I drive, I pick up in the paper company, and I've been to come 50 hours. Of yes. That's absolutely neglect. And in regards to the corporation, that needs to be regulated. I've seen that they collect the facing, storage, the extracting. They'll use they cut a corner on something that's essential, like a safety bag or a regulator or a chip bag, something that needs to be put into the extracting just yes, operations, but they won't do it just save by a dollar. But you're throwing dollars after dying, if you avoid that mishap in the beginning, you won't have to duck in large amounts of money for food.
0: Mike, that's a hell of an analogy. You're throwing dollars after dimes. Look, Mike, we have a hard time understanding uh, your stuff, but we get your point, And we thank you so kindly for calling in with your wisdom, my friend. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to uh, Miss Bowie. Come on in, Miss Bowie. How are you doing this morning? I'm
3: um, well. Good morning. Good morning, Houston. How are you? How
0: are you? I am How fine, my friend. Talk
3: to me. Okay, so I just had a quick question um, for uh, your guest there. Bill Birch, um, yeah. About Bill Mersh. I wanted to know what um, his, his thoughts on the Fifth Ward and what's happening with that, um, with the whole cancer cluster and the train uh, situation and, uh, you know, the new building um, moving residents in when they still haven't dealt with the whole cancer issue in the community. That was it. Thank you.
0: Thank you so kindly, Melissa. So it's a
2: great question. And, you know, again, the Texas Rail Commission has nothing to do with the train industry anymore. The rail, the, all of the railroad industry has been moved to TxDOT. And the fifth word scenario is actually a TCEQ issue because they are the agency that actually manages our air and soil emissions uh, and issues. Now, let's be realistic the house texas house republicans and in the uh senate have basically made tceq the worst funded agency in the state of texas intentionally just like the railroad commission doesn't want to really manage and monitor the industry for the fact that it is in the best interest of corporations to maintain their highest profit margins to not having to have environmental regulations and we are now seeing this with the tceq in terms of how they're managing and looking at the fifth ward issue with the cancer clusters. Now, from an analogy point of view, it's the same thing in oil and gas. We have lots of areas. When I took my campaign team out to West Texas and I got to let them see the actual oil field, some of the old oil field, not the new stuff, not the stuff we drilled in the last 15, 20 years that everybody's talking about in the shale oil well scenarios. Those are high-tech, very well-run facilities. It's the older stuff. And when you drive around the state of Texas, and as I've pointed out a lot of these scenarios, and I say, would you like to live next to this constant smell? Would you like to live next to this facility? And their answer has been a resounding no. And again, we have proven cases in the oil and gas industry of wells and cancer clusters and asthma and can- and uh, kidney cancer and liver cancers that have occurred from oil and gas operations and people living next to it. And... Here's, here's the conundrum, Egberto, when we talk back a little bit about your your comment around the uh, Cyprus area and the discussion of an oil and gas well. You know, if you go back 50 years ago, that was rural Texas. Mm-hmm. Environmentally, we didn't worry about what happened in the farmers back 40 because the reality was that it wasn't anywhere near our civilizations. It wasn't anywhere near subdivisions. The reality is, is as our cities have grown, as Dallas-Fort Worth has grown, as Houston, Texas has grown, as San Antonio and Austin are becoming one megaplex, the reality is that our oil and gas fields are no longer in the farmer's back 40s. They're actually now in city limits. They're actually in next to schools. They're into you know, shopping malls and uh, you can drive around now and literally see oil and gas wells in our working infrastructure of, of development and again, we never thought in a million years 50 years ago, that that was going to be the scenario when we drilled these wells. So we always said, Oh yeah, no big deal. It's out out in the backyard. And if something happens, there's plenty of distance between a homeowner and an event. And the reality is it isn't. So we have to realize in the industry that the future of where we're going with this is that our oil and gas operations have severe effect on our communities. And unfortunately, in a lot of these scenarios, our marginalized communities take much more of the hit. Like I always say to folks, if this happened in River Oaks or Tanglewood, and there was an issue of a leaking pumping pump jack well sitting in River Oaks, I guarantee you it would be fixed. I Mm -hmm. guarantee you that would be one of the top state-of-the-art facilities that was run in the country if it was in River Oaks or Tanglewood. The fact that it is in the Fifth Ward, and the reality is that people are like, ah, it's Fifth Ward, that's not the right answer. And, And again, the Rail Commission doesn't have anything to do with the railroad industry anymore and the Fifth Ward issues, but I have to say that the overall impact of how TCEQ operates and how they have managed the state's legacy issues is awful. They have done an absolutely crap job on truly addressing the cancer clusters and the creosote issues that are occurring. And you know, again, this is all across the state of Texas, folks. The, the reality of what's happened in this state, and, I, and now I'm not gonna be kind to Egberto, you're gonna be proud of me. The Republicans in this state have removed every single environmental stewardship bar intentionally to basically turn the state into a Superfund site. And, and I tell folks, that's fine. If that is the direction that this state really wants to go is turn into a super fund, then just let everybody know that their opportunity to move out of the state of Texas is now while they still have a fighting chance. Because if you truly get to super fund status and the EPA comes in and declares this an uninhabitable place for man and beast, the landowner doesn't get any remuneration. The EPA comes in, fences it off, just like an East Coast. The landowner loses their value of their property with no ability to sue or any ability to be have any kind of settlement case. And in the Permian acreage, for example, right now, there's 9 million acres of the Permian. East Texas has got millions of acres of oil and gas wells, and so does does South Texas. Like, we're talking about cordoning off and losing millions of acres of ground in the state of Texas long term. And this isn't the answer we want. Big Oil owns 380,000 acres of West Texas due to contamination cases. And that's of what we've known as discoverable. We're sure that they own more than that because of having to settle out lawsuits and litigation cases. And from what I've heard, the vast majority of those cases they've settled out is over a hundred thousand dollars an acre. So again, it's not in anybody's interest to want to see these scenarios settled out in court and landowners
0: having to be bought out at hundreds of thousand dollars an acre. I got to do a station ID, uh, folks, uh, you're listening to KPFT Houston, uh, Thank you guys for being here. Uh, I want to interrupt again uh, our great conversation with Bill to let you know that we only have one contribution at this time, and and we're going to go a little bit over as we did yesterday. But we do need your calls in, Bill. If 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 your time is up, it's fine. But uh, we're going to go about twenty minutes uh, over uh, to continue. But if you got to go, it's understandable. Uh, it's okay. All right. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Thank you. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738, extension number one. Folks, we need your support. Uh, We only have one contribution. While my quota is $400 every day, uh, I need to pull in about $500 more to cover for some uh, missing yesterday. So let's throw it to Sandy. Sandy, come on in.
3: Sandy. Thank you. Yeah, great. (laughs) Learn how to unmute in this world. Hey, uh, thank you for this fascinating conversation again. As Egberto said, we cannot do this alone. Folks, I know there are, Thousands of you listening right now, there's a bunch of you online. I'm looking for someone to break the ice here. We do need about another $400 this morning, $350 anyway to make us whole. Be that person that takes action. Don't sit idly. You know, we're talking about abandoned oil wells. We're talking about things where nobody took action. They just said, let them be. We're done with them. We pump the oil out of the ground. They're not flowing. Just cap them and let them be. And we're not going to worry about it. If you leave KPFT alone too long, it won't be here. It's that simple. We rely on you. We rely on the listeners to fund the station. Sure, we get a little bit from underwriting. And yes, we have a few dollars in grant money. But all that total is less, less than 5% of our revenue needs. It comes from the listeners. It comes from you. So please make that call. contribution gets you the Caroline coffee combo, a pound of beans and a coffee mug. $100 gets you a really cool Politics Done Right t-shirt. Whatever it is you take away as a thank you. Remember, the biggest thank you of all is having this station, having this platform, having this very conversation we're having this morning. What's happening now is you're getting educated about what's going on on the highway as you drive by right next to you. Very, very dangerous condition. These underground capped wells that may be leaking into aquifers. You need to know about it. And KPFT is here, so you can hear about it. Good luck on the commercial stations because they're brought to you by the same people that don't want to clean it up necessarily. Not all, but some. Back to you, Egberto.
0: Thank you very much, Sandy. Uh, look, folks, uh, Bill Birch, uh, the information that he's given us is invaluable. And, you know, something that that he touched on that I think uh, should, I think our phone should be screaming now at 713-526-573. And let me tell you why. He just told you something. You've been screaming inflation on your on your insurance bill. That's what you've been screaming as if the inflation was caused by the economic, the natural economics. That's what Bill just taught you, was that there is a direct group of folks responsible for your increased home owner's insurance. Those people that didn't winterize those gas pipes. Those people that didn't, your government that didn't do the job. Would you have known that uh, widely if we didn't have Bill Birch giving us this info? If we didn't have Bill Birch making sure that, uh, you know, hey, I want to serve. I want to go out there and serve to make sure that this information is out there and that you know what's in your best interest. 713-526-5738 extension 1. Folks, we need your support. Please do it now. Remember to select politics done right as the program you're supporting. 713 It come on, let's go. Five dollars a month, uh, a coffee a month. Ten dollars a month, two coffees a month. Fifteen dollars a month, three coffees a month. You know, Sandy uh, just said, "Oh, we at uh, th- uh, three fifty makes us whole. Three fifty makes us whole for today." I am not whole for the entire drive. Uh, Let's bring folks in. Hey, you want to go and sit down and have coffee? We can go discuss a lot of this other stuff that, you know, we talk economics. We talk politics. We talk a lot of issues here. 713-526-5738. Coffee with Egberto, 250. Hey, two people give 250. I'm done, man. I'm done for the day. So can we have that? 713-526-5738 extension number one. Bill, let me go ahead and sort of close out this way. Um, Let's say you are honored by the state of Texas to be elected. How are you going to go in as a team? Because everything takes a team. There's no politics done right without a team. There's none of the, all these things have a team. How How would you actually get that done?
2: So there's two things in particular in my mind that i really want to address one is transparency and truly getting the issues on the table with where the state currently is where the where the pinch points are and where's the difficulty and where do you get that information is from the 12 districts and the people on the ground those are the team that as a commissioner i'm supporting this is like when you own a restaurant you know the the, the owner of the restaurant still has to be even the bar back sometimes to help out the team and what I see in the scenario of where we're at in the railroad commission is that we have three commissioners who don't even have coveralls, who can't put on work boots and actually go out in the field, and let alone even know if they did what they were even looking at. So one of my biggest things I want to do is go out with the inspectors, see where their issues are, where are the issues we need to have improvement? What do they need to do their job better? What are the administrative staff struggling with to get sorted out? What are the things with the filing system that sucks? What are the things that we need to do to improve our system and make the Railroad Commission more efficient? Because again, I hear from midstream operators and operate and uh, upstream operators about the permitting process and how things are, are slow and antiquated and not done correctly. So there has to be opportunities for improvement to make the system better. And I certainly want to see it from our staff side, because again, we have such a limited staff. Unfortunately, I can't do direct hiring, but I would certainly advocate for increasing and I have ad- I have advocated on the campaign trail for a minimum of at least two inspectors per county in the state of Texas to give the opportunity at least to help fight the ability to get more inspection and be able to respond faster to landowners and, and be able to oversee our drilling and our work over industry to make sure that the regulations are being followed and again it also comes down to training what do the folks need to do their job more efficiently what tools and resources do they need so i, I think as a texas rural commissioner your goal is to truly not just sit in austin in the ivory tower and go to monthly meetings and look good on television it really is about doing the work and that's where i criticize the vast majority of our government is that you know i'm not a politician i'm an engineer by heart i want to see the problems i want to aden- i want to identify the problems I want to be able to quantify and measure the scale and issues and make sure we're tackling the right problems. And then I want to actually get out and get the resources to actually make it happen. So I think as a Texas Railroad Commissioner, then you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, we don't need another engineer." I, I disagree with that opinion. I think you really do need somebody at the Texas Railroad Commission who has the operational experience, the technical knowledge, and the academic background to actually be able to work with one of the most complex technical industries in the state of Texas. And I say to folks all the time, you know, to be a DA a district attorney. You have to be an attorney in the first place. To be a judge, you have to be an attorney. but You have to understand the law. You actually have to have background in the, the, the area of practice in which you want to be a work in, right? But yet in the Texas Rare Commission, we're happy to hire Grammy award-winning gospel singers who have never stepped foot on a drilling rig in their entire career. That's one of our current commissioners. Wow. Again, we've well, got to address the issue that this has to be an agency that works for the people of Texas. And it's the agency that really is the arbitrator. It's not supposed to just solely, reco- solely, solely promote the oil and gas industry. Its objective is to be the arbitrator between landowners, surface owners, mineral rights owners, and the, um, the operators themselves to make sure that all parties are working mutually under the law and are respecting and, and enforcing the law.
0: Hey, thank you, Bill Birch. I got to go do some more pitching before we close out here. So I'm going to let you go. But beforehand, I want to give you the opportunity to tell folks how they can find you. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity this morning.
2: I'm Bill Birch, the 2024 Democratic candidate for the Texas Railroad Commission. Uh, you can find more information about me on my website at Birch, B-U-R-C-H, board, the number four, trrc.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, of course. And I am happy to answer any of your questions in direct messaging. Don't ever hesitate. Uh, you can email me at info at Birch.com. Uh, anytime you like. And uh, I'm always available. I know sometimes people are a little hesitant to get on air or ask questions directly in in public, but I'm always happy to answer it in private. And uh, don't ever hesitate to reach out. I'm glad to help. And My goal is to educate people on one of the most important races in the state of Texas, which is the Texas Rare Commission, number four on your ballot, the only executive position up for election this election cycle. And uh, it is something that uh, it's the worst named agency. It's the worst run agency. And it is legitimately the most powerful agency in the state of Texas. And we need to have a Democrat that helps enforce the rules. And it's not about changing the rules. It's about enforcement of the rules and improving our environmental stewardship while we continue to produce energy in the great state of Texas. So thank you again this morning for the opportunity. And I appreciate it, sir.
0: Bill Birch, let me tell you, it's been a pleasure. And I I, I thank you for being in the hotel, then getting out to your car, having your dog actually very quiet as you're able to give this interview. The man is on the road 24-7 promoting good uh, uh good stuff making sure we are informed thank you so kind of for having been on politics and right my friend thank you sir appreciate it Folks, that's Bill Birch. Uh, thank you so kindly. Anyway, folks, we got to do some pitching here to get some money. So, folks, those of you who were so enthralled with the conversation that you didn't want to go to make that telephone call, you can do it now. Bill Birch is now gone. So there is nothing more that we're going to talk on that issue specifically other than me bloviating. But please, again, well, I don't bloviate. I narrate. But anyhow, um, please give us a call at 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Folks, we just learned a lot. A lot. Your insurance, home insurance rates, that wasn't inflation. That was negligence. So let's get things right. Let's understand things right. That super high insurance rate is negligence. The increase in price of your electricity right now. Is recovering from the damage that occurred during the freeze and you're paying for it now. Think about it this way. That's all of your that is a tax that you are paying because of what our government did in not regulating these industries. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Eric Hayes, thank you for being here. Remember that, folks. We have to we have to know the truth so that we can do the right thing. He's gone now. Bill Birch. Uh, 713-526-5738, extension number one to contribute. Could me, Could we get those, those calls in now so I can start thanking you? Please remember to select Politics Done Right as the program you're supporting, but please do it now. Uh, Bill Birch is gone now, so I know a lot of people, they don't want to call in because they're listening to the program. Now, the last six minutes of this program is pitching, and I need you to stay with me. I need you to call. I need you to support us to make sure we can do a lot more of what we're doing, uh, as bringing in the knowledge from people who know, who won't ill inform you, misinform you, disinform you. 713 526 5738, extension number one. If Sandy is right there to help me out, I'd like to pass it to Sandy. If I know that he's in studio. Sandy, are you there? I'm right here. Yes. Thank you, brother. Hey, brother.
3: Yeah, very good show today. Very informative. Thanks to your guest. And thanks to Joe, who Joe Oil, who chimed in with a donation. He's done that before this drive. We really appreciate it. We're looking for you. If you have not given this drive, it's today and tomorrow, and then it's over. And if you're thinking, ooh, I just got to bob and weave for another couple days, and they'll be done, and they won't be asking me for more money or me for money for the first time, they won't be doing it. It'll just be the programming and I can sit back and just listen to that programming and not worry about feeling the slightest guilt guilty about what everybody else has done so that I could continue listening. Is that you? Are you that person? Are you capable of donating? If you have the wherewithal, the economic wherewithal, the means, come on, join in. This is community radio. That means everybody that listens should share in the cost of operation which is 52,000 dollars a month and that's with one employee that's it it used to be years ago that half our budget was for personnel and half for the operational cost of the station now our budget is constructed such that about 90 over 90% are operational costs and the little bit that remains are there to support Howard and a couple of other um Very minor, but very essential contract positions at an embarrassingly low minimum wage status. 713-526-5738. Come on, we're running out of time this morning. We're running out of time on this drive, and we still got a ways to go. Do not be silent. Please take action. If you're an activist, prove it. Call us. 713-526-5738. If you've thought about being an activist, call us. If you're not an activist, call us anyway, because you enjoy it. 713-526-5738 or kpft.org. Take a thank you gift, maybe the coffee in the cup, maybe a t-shirt, maybe some concert tickets, you know, whatever it is that you can do. And again, join on a sustainer basis. We've yet to have one sustainer join today. Come on, somebody at $5 a month, break the ice. 713 526 5738. Egberto, we got about five minutes, and then you got yes. but one day left in fun drive. You're going to be done tomorrow. What do you say about that?
0: Yeah, we we need you. 713-526-5738, extension number one. Please, $10 a month for a, uh, you don't feel it, two coffees a month, folks. $5 a month, one coffee a month. You can do it. I know you want to. I know you can. Again, think about what we are bringing Please think about what we're bringing. The important issues that we are. We have just a little bit of time left, so I'm going to ask Johnny, the mayor of politics, and right, to be real quick. Come on in, Johnny.
4: Advisory for Sandy. Sandy. Yeah, Sandy are you I'm there? Here. Hey, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Bill what's Birch up, is Johnny? gone now. No, I'm here. No, I know you're here, but Bill Birchy's gone now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's literally- Bill is gone
0: now, yes, he is gone.
4: I know I just told you oh. Have a good, day. <laughs> okay, so pitch, Johnny, pitch,
1: uh he's gone. yeah, he's gone he's.
3: He's gone too. (laughs) You had a a question for Bill, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. Got it. All right, folks. folks. We've got about three three minutes left. We're going to go to Democracy Now! Come on. Let's see a couple pledges come in. Even if after Democracy Now! fades up here in a minute or two, we'll tag it to this show if you put that in the comment column. Please, folks, don't leave this untended. 713-526-5738.
0: We do need your support. And you see, folks, we do the job. We do the work. We invest the time. And, you know, all of this is on a volunteer basis. And the support for this station is on a volunteer basis. When you get CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, you don't get those on a volunteer basis. You pay your cable rate to get it. You must pay to see it we simply ask those who can afford to to please support what we're doing please support what we're doing not just for us but for all of us for you that information that you we brought you from bill birch could is some of the most important information we have brought on this show to know that many of you are living off of groundwater and your groundwater A lot of it is not tested right now. With all the wells, over 1.2 million wells around Texas, many leaching into the groundwater. There's a lot that you need to know. The cancers that are propping up all over where they never used to. Is it your groundwater? We don't know. But we want to make sure that we have information so that we can make knowledgeable ops. So, folks, please give us a call to ensure we can continue doing this. For those of you who hear this spiel already, I get it. But please make that call. We need you right now. 713-526-5738, extension number one. Be sure to select Politics and Right as your choice. Let me run down real quick. I only got a minute. Let me run down real quick. $5 a month, a coffee a month, $10 a month, two coffees a month. The T-shirt is 100 $100. Coffee with Egberto, $250. Uh, We've already had two that we're going for. I can do this any part of Harris County. I will get to you, my brothers and my sisters. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Bill Birch. Thank you, callers. Thank you, everybody. Love you all. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. Well, before I end it, Howard, is there anything you want to close out with?
1: Not a word.
0: My name is Egberto Willis, this is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!